0: it going to take for you guys to be okay tonight and to stop this chaos
1: it ain't me I, it's not
2: me i'm gonna let y'all know that now it's not us guys neither and i'm glad that y'all said that it's not us it's the police it's the madness that they spark up this is what they encourage this is what they provoke this is what you get out of you taking some a love you from someone this is what you get you get a lot of people that's hurt and they can't be the right way they can't no longer depend on the police to be here to protect us like they say they're gonna do. So, this is what you get. And no, it's not gonna end today. I can't tell you it's gonna end tomorrow. I don't know when it's gonna end. But it's for y'all to start. We're not the ones that's killing us. Y'all killing us. We can't make a change if y'all don't change.
1: Hello, guys, and welcome to Raise Intuition. I know I've been gone for like a super duper 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 long time. I have my reasons for that. i just been working, like, a lot of stuff. But anyway, unfortunately, what brought me here today is not really happy. Um, I, there's just been a lot going on in the media, um, a lot going on in the world, actually, with COVID-19. Um, and then just recently, we've had two black men being killed at the hands of racists, white supremacists. Um so today I just just want to release it all into the into the atmosphere, and to just you know just say what we're feeling. Um, I have a really really great um, cast with me today. Um, I just yeah. How how are you guys feeling? How are you guys feeling with this with everything going on? And and just feel free to like jump in.
0: Well, uh, yeah, angry. I think that's really the overriding emotion, and I'm I. I'm honestly shocked by that emotion because I'm normally the first person to be like, okay,
1: mm. you know,
0: anger does not produce the righteousness that God wants that scripture. And mm. there's so many teachings that we need to manage our anger, control and limit our anger. And I think that in the past week or so, yeah, I think that it has gotten very near to what I would consider out of control.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the anger? Yeah. To the point where, you know, you, you're dealing with everyone in an angry way, you know, I'm very guarded. I'm yeah. very normally I'm just smiling what about my day a very open individual mm-hmm. um I think you know when you go in places kind of looking for a fight you're kind of waiting to be slighted that's yeah. I think that's been like kind of yeah. my modus operandi for the last week or so
1: I think okay I'm, I'm gonna let you guys go ahead go ahead um
3: well I mean it, I guess it's like very very like scary you know like to me I, I think it's very scary because funny thing is i've been in like a situation like that before and because of that i just feel like you know it could have been me
1: what was your situation
3: uh, um so like I, I guess it's a story that, i mean i used to uh, work at um what's the name of this ups yeah ups and i was um i was a delivery our uh, driver helper so basically we just like um, help the driver, like, you know, deliver meals that. and stuff. Really? <laughs> so, um, what happened was, like, we were, like, um delivering in, like, a white neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, a country. Where it was, like, a country place. And um, I was supposed to, like, you know, take a delivery. I think it was, like, 30 pounds, you know, worth of weight. And um, so, when I got there, I didn't know, like where his kind of like his front like the front of his house was so I think I went through the side of it or something like that and then he was sitting there saw me you know he was
1: sitting at the entrance?
3: he was he was sitting on the porch like where where he was sitting at he could see me oh okay you but t- were you able to see him? I I, I mean I didn't see him until he talked to me oh okay so like when I was going and he just came out and then like he was like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, uh, UPS, I'm bringing you a package. He was like, what the fuck? What are you doing over here? And then he was like, he told his son to go grab his gun. Wow. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> At that time, like, my the, my life just flashed. Like, I was just like, what the fuck? So, like, my dumbass ass, instead of me to throw the fucking package away. And legit, his son went and grabbed the gun. Like he went and grabbed the gun. I saw that shit. Wow. So then I, my dumbass, just lifted the fucking, uh, what's it called, the package and ran away with it.
1: That's not dumb. What do you mean you're dumbass? I should
3: have just threw it away because it's it's his package that I'm delivering. But your life was at risk. Yeah, but I should have just ran and just threw it away, ran no. away and. No, I understand what you're saying, away. Yo.
0: I should have left him his package. Let left him his package. Like oh, okay, me. I got it. Like, his driver, is, what you don't know about driver helpers is we don't have a UPS uniform. We, do we don't have the UPS. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's a small vest, and it looks almost like you could have gotten it from the toy yeah. store. Okay. So unless you're seen with your driver, or you're familiar with the concept of mm-hmm. driver helpers, it'd be—I would honestly be like, Who so not
1: justifying like? the situation, but he basically thought it was someone tra- trespassing.
2: Yeah.
3: And, it, 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 and he saw me as you know different color. Because what happened was, <laughs> I what happened was I I took the um, package to my driver, and he got really upset. So he took it went in there was he black no he was white so he took it went in there went to the place and just dropped it off and I guess he like talked some shit to the man cause apparently he's been delivering a lot to him and he has never had any issue but because I was so
1: he saw a nigga like, on his on his <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, was just,
3: it was it was wow. one of the scariest things I've ever in my life gotten into like this is like like not like a made up story it's like a true story like This was in Manassas. It happened in Manassas. And, man, right after that, I was like, they were like, oh, we're going to put you in a different route. I said, nah, I'm done. I I had to quit that job.
1: You want to know something? And I know this might shock a lot of people. Um, I always heard about racism. You know, um, I always read about it, you know, at school. I always read about, you know, MLK, civil rights era, all that. But you know uh, i grew up in pg county and i was around a lot of black people african americans a lot of africans um but the community that i was in was like mainly nigerians Mm -hmm. and you know like africans they stick together like we don't really speak about situations like this because i mean i will say black people yes we all have the same struggle but when you like break down the ethnicities everyone has their own struggles so there was never really like conversations about police brutality, about, you know, being um, followed in the store or, or any of this. So I didn't I I didn't and I know this may sound ignorant, but I didn't really fully understand the concept of racism because not had the exact same experience. Yeah. I never it was honestly until I got to college where I was around a lot of African Americans. And I was hearing these experiences and, and I was just like, this shit is real. Like, and it's still going on. And I know like that might shock a lot of people, but I I did not experience, I did not really fully understand the concept of racism that this was actually going on until I got older. And I was just like, I was seeing, you know, the way other groups of people that look like me behave in the way that. They were talking about their life experiences and, and what their family had to to go through. So I'm just, I would say I'm not I'm angry, but I feel like I kind of have moved past the feeling of being angry. It's more of being fed up mm-hmm. because with the Trayvon Martin with the Trayvon Martin thing, it was operating from a place of anger, and then you know, it just anger has only gotten us so far. But what really baffles me, my question, I don't know if maybe you guys can answer, is what did we do? Like, what did we ever do to make a, a whole race mad at us? Like, and if you really think about it, Black people have no allies. Asians, and I'm not, I'm not, like, generalizing anyone, but Asians are racist towards um, Black people, Arabs, white people the latinx community hispanics like truly there are no allies like what did black people do to make people so angry to the point where they just want to kill us for the way that we look like what is it
2: i mean i think the vast mm, i mean i think Obviously, it's not just like your average white person that's going to the coast of West Africa and picking people up. You know, that's like a very rich, powerful business, whatever you want to call it, person. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, okay, how do I say this? Short answer to your question is black people existed in the U.S. outside of slavery. That's what we did to Mm -hmm. make people so mad. Um, I think if we had just stayed in Africa, quote unquote, this wouldn't be a problem. But the but thing is, that wasn't a choice. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't you know that wasn't a choice. I th- I just think that because we are no, I don't know. I just think it's like a continued subjugation. Like we were brought here forcefully, and then when we didn't just die off after slavery was you know taken away it became a problem. Like, why are you still here? Why why are you still here when it's not completely clear that your whole entire existence is servitude to us?
0: Yeah. I think think there was nothing that we did to make any particular race mad, but we, as humans, I think, need a way to justify the horrible things we're getting ready to do to someone else Mm. that we're going to do to secure prosperity for ourselves. And so when countries around the world were just getting started we always sought to make our lives easier to include by outsourcing our labor and the old way of doing it was colonies we're yeah. going to go colonize this group of people and in order to successfully do that you have to come back and say well they're not just people they're inferior people yeah you know, they're using wooden tools and we have guns they're very inferior we're going to save them from themselves and they're going to work for us and they'll be grateful it'll be a wonderful arrangement and then when that stops working you need something else right you start the American colonies, and that's long started to stop working, right? And so you say, okay, well, there's people, and there's inferior people, again, using wood tools, and we're, you know, sailing across the ocean and starting a new set of colonies. We're going to take these people from their squalor, and we're going to have them work for us, and they'll be better than what they have anyway, better than what they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of but like it, a white savior complex.
0: A savior complex, but also, like, you have to dehumanize someone to say, okay, well, no longer are these people truly inferior, right? They they can use all the same tools and technology once we give it to them. They're morally inferior. Mm. Their skin is inferior. A whole set of pseudoscience was founded to say that the Negro was less intelligent, maybe only strong mm. with brute strength. They are sexual predators. Everything is bad about them. In fact, they're animals. And so I think what we're seeing today is, a, is, is like Victoria said, a vestigial remnant of... Subjugation. Come on. It's a remnant, <laughs> right? It's left over because in 1964, laws changed, not hearts and minds. Mm. And so okay. we're still dealing with the aftermath of that. Fortunately, we're seeing changes in our generation as we come forward. But there's certainly a large population of Generation X and boomers and even some millennials who think, oh, these people are inferior. They've, in, they've internalized the stereotype.
1: Yeah.
0: Black and white people lot, And they're
1: passing it on just generations and generations so some people are and generations. It off.
0: And it looks like we're kind of the generations like, hey, what, what are we doing right here? Like, yeah. something's not right. But it's, it's going to take generations to undo what it took generations to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is, that's fact.
3: That's yeah, fast. I, mean, I don't know. So you think, you know, it's going to stop? Cause to me, I feel like it's never going to stop. It's like, if the generation is still doing it, it's just going to keep passing on the same thing that they feel, the same feeling that they feel about us to like, the next generation, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it will stop. I think it will change form and we're already seeing it change form. That's now true. it's not black people,
0: it's Mexicans, it's Muslims. So follow the money. That's what I would always say is is follow the money, right? Who do we quote unquote subjugate or who do we outsource our lowest wage labor to? The Chinese, the Indians, Mexicans, people who are the target of our attacks now when the economy is not quite going right Mm -hmm. but these are the people that we regard as in some strange moralistic judgment that we're using to justify our unfair treatment deserving of being the ones who work in the sweatshop that make our cheap Nikes and our cheap iPhones Mm -hmm. it's no no longer African Americans it's no longer black people on the farm picking cotton Mm. it's one in the field picking tomatoes and so it's changing form it's building the wall now it's Mexico will pay for it what sense does that even make Mexico will pay for it. The Chinese, I can't believe they're building islands out in the ocean and claiming some sort of sovereignty, which is an international. Is threat. that going don't, on? Don't get. So yeah. So in the South China Sea, the the whole situation is that they're man-made islands that they're building, and they encroach upon. So every nation has a twelve mile, I think, radius of the waters that are theirs in the Atlantic Ocean. The rest is just open ocean. They're building theirs further out into the twelve miles, extending their twelve mile radius. And they're mm-hmm. trying to claim, like, these islands we built are ours, they're part of China, and they're also extending our 12-mile radius, meaning that every ship passing through the waters is passing through Chinese waters, international trade ships, on already established international trade routes. And they're trying to use it to justify taking a tariff or taxes for passing through their waters for international trade. And that's why Western nations like the U.S. are like, mm-hmm. uh-uh, you can't do that. And that is a problem in and of itself, but it's not because... You just aren't playing nice. It's because you're Chinese. Chinese shouldn't be able to do that. This is some of the rhetoric that we're hearing today. Um,
1: I have a question for you.
0: Okay, sure.
1: Um, wait, were you? Sorry. No, you I'm done. Okay. Um, I mean, given the fact wait, you were, I assuming you were born in America, right? Mm-hmm. No. Yes. Words, okay. Um, I just. Well, we're all African. Um, I just want to know your
0: experience. You know, aside from me coming back i mean i'm black no 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 yeah yeah
1: that's what i mean (laughs) but i just i want to know like your experiences because you know when i speak to my family um my grandparents my mom you know the history that they have is completely different or like um what they experienced growing up is different so i just i'm just curious like when you were growing up did you have conversations with like your family about what not to do when when um you encounter police or mm-hmm. did you like have conversations about like police brutality or racism with the other family members? Cause I can't speak for these two, but I personally have never had, that. I mean, my dad, you know, he's an immigrant. He, he, he is, um, a business owner. So he, he experienced racism through that. But as far as like, um, systematic racism, um, and oppression, you know, passed down generations, like what, what were your, like, what did you hear from like your family?
0: Um, yeah, I definitely did have those conversations. And it wasn't until I got older and realized that it was only black people having those conversations. About, everyone had conversations like that. Um, I didn't really have conversations about police brutality, per se. Mm-hmm. But I constantly remember hearing growing up, my mom would say, racism is still alive and well, and it's still dangerous. And everyone wants to look at their mom and be like, yo, coot, I have white friends in school. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you just live in the bygone era. But I see what she means now because my mom was born in 1967. And when she was four years old, to this day, my mom still can't swim because this happened to her. The mayor of my small town where I grew up hit her with her minivan wow. and knocked her into a puddle on the side of the street, two, three feet of water, but she was four, right? This is back when kids were roaming free all over the place. And the white men across were sitting on a porch and they looked at her and they laughed at her so that nigga shouldn't have been in the street. And so wow. to this day, she harbors a fear of water and that was some of her first formative experiences. And she's watched the transition from laws changing in 1964 with my grandma alive and et cetera. She's a young girl. Laws have changed, but hearts have not changed. And she kept trying to warn me of the danger growing up, of the fact that these people still exist, and they're still alive and well, and the ideology is alive and well, but you just can't see it anymore, which makes it more dangerous. Previously, if somebody didn't like you, they just call you the N-word to your face. You knew where they stood. Now, everyone has to be legally cool with you, but they still believe internally. And I mm-hmm. think... Um, I think that's scarier. It's definitely scarier. like President Obama's presidency really pulled back the thin veil because people who are not comfortable with a black man being Mm -hmm. called the commander-in-chief really show their colors.
1: I really feel like basically all the things that have happened after Obama, it was just like, you know, um, a big fuck you. Like, you know, okay, you have your black president, but we're still in charge. Mm -hmm. We're still in control. And I feel like, I really feel like, I really feel like Trump, election or trump's um presidency was a retaliation of that
2: yeah no it I was
1: mean. it was like um okay we need to get america back to how things used to be when they say america great again yeah. they mean like before minorities had rights before minorities had to say mm-hmm. so and and in this case minorities being african-americans i'm not saying like other minorities don't have issues as well but it really trump's presidency was a big fuck you basically
0: <laughs> yeah um no, I agree, and I I, you know, I can't I can't forget seeing tweets or like videos from Senator Mitch McConnell being like, we're going to respect this duly elected president of the United States, but in the last election, he said, we're going to be the party of no, and I remember him giving an interview saying, my proudest moment was telling Obama he could not appoint a Supreme Court judge. And I have a lot of difficulty saying that it wasn't race. President Obama always would play the high card because he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not race. Of course it's not. Of course it's not. Of course it's not. But well, what was the difference between President Obama and President Trump? Minor differences, well, major differences in ideology. Major. <laughs> yeah. major differences. Let me go ahead and correct myself. But President Obama never handled things in such an undignified, unprofessional, incompetent. If President Obama, Obama was a good person who you could disagree with. Yeah. President Trump is a bad person who doesn't like any dissent. That's what I think.
1: If Obama did half the things Trump is doing now, yeah absolutely not yeah, there well, is you wore a tan suit no yes like there is n- absolutely no way like this is just and, and my also my question for you too is just like you know especially for you Franklin you know you being an immigrant in the military mm-hmm. like how is that for you the experience for you like <laughs> having an accent and you know of course being black
3: you' I think you wouldn't know, man, because if I should consider get you in this, trouble, right? Uh, to me, being an African or, like, an immigrant and having, you know, having an accent and all that stuff, it's one of the hardest thing in the fucking military. I'm not going to lie to you. And <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I'm not the only person that has experienced this. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people before me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in a group of, like, uh, Africans, only Africans in the military, mm-hmm. and, you know, people share the experience. I mean, I can even give you an experience of, like, you know, me being here, here, enough, and, like, all the things that has gone on, not even with me, but with my friends, and, you know, other Africans that I know, too. You know, for example, in, um, Iabolic, like and, to and, and even, and even, like, freaking, um, Ranger School. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he was African, you know, had an accent. He, people didn't want to help him out in ranger school and that's how he felt. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, people were like, I like, they don't even understand whatever you're saying and I've seen that happen like to him in real life. Like, he was saying he something. very well. He was saying something people were just like, you just look at him like, what, I, what the fuck is he saying? Like, I was legit there when I saw, I saw that he was like, what the fuck is he saying? And they just, like, you know, started talking amongst amongst each other. You know what I'm saying? It's just the little things that, the the stuff that goes on in the military that people don't say, you know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, being African descent, you know what I'm saying? Not like being an African, you know, immigrant or whatever. Like, I've been through a lot of situations in the military that I I just, if I should say this, man, it's going to take a long, like, time, but saying like it's just a lot of shit going on that to me that's why usually I don't really like to talk too much I just like to do my job and just you know go home I don't like being around a lot of military like people especially like people that I can't relate to Mm -hmm. if you understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying because to me it's just like there's really nothing that we can talk about Mm. You know what I'm saying? This yeah, no i yeah. haven't come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So
0: you know, one of the experiences for me that was like really eye opening to how different I was, you know, in the military in or the like military, in, okay. in the military. Um I've been in college for four years. Apparently this thing called white claw had come out.
1: Isn't that like a drink It's a
0: seltzer. It's oh, okay. seltzer. Yeah, hard seltzer or something like, like
3: that. A, you can say beer. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: a beer, we call it beer. And everyone in eyeball it was like Oh, we're going to drink some Claws, bro. We're going to drink some White Claw. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is White Claw? I've never <laughs> heard of that, ever. My <laughs> four years of college, I had not seen one ad. I had not heard of it. I don't think I even saw it in the store. Maybe it was, and I just overlooked it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who would drink that if it even existed, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And experiences of going out to like parties and being like, oh, what kind of you know, liquor do you drink? And I guess it's like a cultural difference between drinking like beer or hard seltzers or things like that and African-Americans drinking, you know, more liquor. Beer's kind of like, okay, we drink a beer every now and again, but, like, liquor is the drink of choice for parties. And right, I like, right. oh, wow. We don't even relate to one another when it comes time to have a good time, you know? Like, when you do me a favor, you want me to buy you White Claws, and I'm like, what is a White Claw? You know, <laughs> it, doesn't even, it doesn't even compute. And I was like, wow. Not only am I out of it and had no idea what was going on, but I am different. Like, and it's, it's crazy how it's really the small thing that reminds me. Yeah. But I, I, I know exactly what Franklin says on an intimate level of, you and me don't have anything to talk about at all, besides basically
1: things that we go through in the military, like we, we don't have about anything work. else to talk about. That's it. Mm-hmm. But work,
3: besides work, just that's it. I mean, I mean to me, uh, let, let's just talk about this whole like death of like this what's his name George whatever George George
2: Floyd is it Floyd? Yeah, Floyd
3: yeah, yeah. That was really it bothers me, man. Like I feel like just. Wow.
1: I feel the need to say this as well, Um, bringing up the fact of us being African. Um, We Africans need to discuss these things. They don't only affect African Americans. You know, our parents, um, some of us were born in this country, like myself. Some people were not, like Franklin. Mm -hmm. But we're all here. We all experience Black culture. We all experience racism in America this is not just the African American thing we need to talk about these things Like, we're going to have kids that are going to be born in this country and they're going to be black just like us mm-hmm. it is important for us to learn these things and we're going to have sons one day and you cannot just tell your son because you're of African descent. I mean we're all of African descent but because you can directly trace your roots that this is not going to affect you at the end of the day we're all fighting the same oppressor and at the end of the day, they all see the same color on our skin. So, I just that's feel the true. need to bring that up.
3: I do understand that. But to me, and if, that's the funny thing, man. Like, sometimes, even relating to, like, even fellow black person, it's, like, sometimes hard for me. Because some black people make it hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody like Trevon, like, it's just fucking awesome. Like, he's just a cool dude. He tries to understand me. You I'm so that I can understand him. But uh, no, it, it's no, it's, it's Seriously, true. it's like it's a very big, big thing between like Africans and like Black people because it's like to them they literally see us like they are just like this, you know, these Africans. You know what I'm saying? Like it, to me, they're like a white, you're like a white person you know, to me. There's a mentality. I like somebody that I can relate to because it's just like you know you basically like making me feel like you know I'm nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, you know, that African. So, I see. I, like, one thing that, I, I, I don't know if I told you, I remember one time, um I went to Walmart and then there was um this older man that was trying to purchase something. Uh, no, we, we were in line to get like money orders and stuff. You know where the Walmart, they have like money orders and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, like this uh guy was in front and then when he got his money, he counted that thing. He counted the money was like, intact I guess and then he just kept standing there like it was a huge line and then he just kept standing there him and his friend was like you know you know giggling and everything and then this old man like African man was like yo can you like get out of the way so we can um you know we can also get like you know our money and stuff and this kid went off on this old man he was like you you know go to, go back to your country like you know, you can't, I can't even understand you. you, don't, are you speaking English, blah, 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 all kinds of stuff. I was like, yo, hold on, boy, like, this is a black man. Like, he, it's an African, like, he's the same color as you, like, why are you making him feel like mm-hmm. he doesn't belong? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to me, like, if you do that, it's just like, you know, you, you're oppressed. That's why sometimes most Africans don't even get themselves involved in, like, I promise you, 90-something percent of, Africans are just like, okay, I bet you they don't even they don't even, probably don't even know about this whole situation. They're just sitting down, like Yeah, relaxed. they probably
1: know, but they just don't. They're just, they just sitting it down, and relaxed because yeah. it's like,
3: I know, think the in conversation the way, way I'm like oppressed. Like some black people are like doing the same thing to me, and like so, like to me, I'm just over here. Most Africans are here, just like you know, I'm just gonna work hard, make money, and go back to my country. True, because they true. feel like they don't belong. I promise you, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I've seen it. I've actually
2: seen on I think the conversation
1: that needs to be had when it comes to African-Americans and Africans is the lack of education between the two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when you go... Okay, let's go back to the era before everyone was quote-unquote woke, before everyone traced their roots and all these things were accessible where you can trace your roots back to wherever you came from. And everyone was the, the basically the dashiki era. <laughs> so Africans were portrayed basically as... Poor, um, not really educated, and and this is I'm I'm speaking as someone who grew up here in America, and I was seeing how we were portrayed. But I mean, grateful enough, I had I was able to go back home and and really see that's not how it was. Um, they weren't we weren't really portrayed in a in a way that, um, Black Americans, and, and 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 feel free to like you know interject if if you feel like I'm wrong, but and then and then let's look at basically. Africans, we have our fault as well. When back home, based off what we see on the news, on the media, and this is, again, being fed by the white man, we're being told that African Americans are lazy. They are thugs. Don't take advantage don't, of opportunities. Exactly. We're told all these things. So and we're like, it's it's just miscommunication, lack of education between the two. But I feel like with this generation now, with um our generation where our parents brought us here and some of us were born here, We're being able to communicate with one another and grow up with one another. And granted, yes, you know, I experienced that as well. You know, I experienced the whole booty scratcher. What does your last name mean? The clicking of tongues and and all that. (laughs) I've experienced it. Um, But this is where we need to have honest conversations and not be combative and and say that we're different from one another. We need to just I mean, because at the end of the day, African-American, they came from Africa. They we're just privileged enough to know where we came from, but they came from Africa as well. It's just the the conversation, and and I completely understand what you're saying, but I feel like it's the people need to sit and educate themselves on really what back home is like and what it is. It's not we're not some people that live in huts and click our tongue, and we're that's that's not what we are. And African Americans aren't thugs, and they're not ghetto, and they're not. This, this, and that. We just
3: need to educate ourselves. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, you're right. I just, I just feel like you know this. You're right. Like the education, people need that education, and people they need to know that we're like all the same people, you know, fighting for the same thing. Because if police or a white man sees me, he wanna kill a black. Yeah, man, he's not gonna ask you. He answer. Answer. <laughs> yeah, just he's saying,
1: gonna. But, choop, choop. That's that's
3: you know, little bit just it. one big thing. I mean. Let's, let's, let's really talk about this, the main reason why, you know, which is like, Did guys, you have just
0: note again what you guys said in the last discussion was, once again, the intrinsic or moralistic assumptions about people. They are lazy, inherently. They do not inherently take care, or take advantage of opportunities. They are inherently, what were the other things you guys named off?
1: Thugs.
0: Thugs, right you guys don't take care of kids you don't take care of kids you just abandon your children mm-hmm. this is you as a people so note once again what allows these things to perpetuate and we see it often when we see another african-american die the first question is well what did he do mm. not mm, wow that does look like a murder let's investigate further it was well what did the african-american do did they not comply no. well he shouldn't have been out there mm-hmm, Well, mm-hmm. he shouldn't have been bouncing checks all over town shouldn't, been wearing shouldn't that. have been in the situation he got himself into the situation to die Versus it being like, no, you killed that man who was just bouncing bad checks. Like, you don't pull a gun on someone who's bouncing bad checks. You just go arrest them, if that.
1: You mm-hmm. know? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then I just, I just, um, uh, let's, let's go to the topic of the protest. I'm seeing a lot of people on social media. Um, I'm seeing a lot of 50 50, a lot of people saying that violence is not the way versus violence is the way. What is your standpoint?
3: Violence is the way, or violence is not the way. I mean, this is a very big thing. Uh, to me, I guess, like you know, I, I understand you know people who say violence is not the way, and other people who say violence is the way, because it's like we this thing happens all the time. So it happens, and then we be like, oh, you know, we protest, blah blah blah, and then it just like it goes away for a little bit, and then another person is killed, and then you know it just keeps going on, like. It's been going on since, like, 2000 and... It's been going on before well, that. It's just I do been understand. I'm just saying, the, like, the, the ones, the recent ones has been, like... 20, it's, was Javon Martin, Martin... Yeah, 2014. 2014. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 2014, and, like, it's just, like, continuous. Like, every year, there's, like, something big. And it's just, like, we will, like, protest, and then it just goes away. You know what I'm saying? Or we just talk about it, and then it just goes away. Like, it's just hard time. And to me, this is not even violent enough you know what I'm saying until people start like taking out guns and killing you know each other then that's when you're gonna like you know see that okay this is like really like serious because for some reason I feel like they're not taking black people serious and my thing about
1: this whole violence thing is like white people have been using violence to get an answer for everything historically like everything that they've obtained whether it was land or something they used violence for everything even and let's even look at and this is just going off topic a little bit. Like, did you see how violent those protesters were being about COVID-19 when they were literally all in police faces? You didn't see not one thing. But let it be about, you know, um, people protesting actual lives being killed. And it's just like they're being tear gassed. And they're just like, I, I just, but I don't, I don't funny, understand.
3: <laughs> the funny thing is, like, these people who are protesting, like, COVID or whatever, did. They had guns and stuff. Yes, and like body somebody, on and no one called on the, the national guard. Then, the funny thing is, like, imagine if it was black people carrying guns and all these big these those guns were very big. Like, imagine like if it was black people carrying that. Like, you you probably wouldn't even leave your house before you get shot. You know, I honestly, you know what I'm saying. Probably like, probably they, they were wanted, just like flexing these guns, like they could just do whatever they fucking want. Like, a, a part so of, of they wanted to of,
0: to grab some black friends. And just go armor up with guns and stand on the state house steps and try to take a picture and just just to see when you would not man, even make it there. You might, there. Really <laughs> and I just just wanted to say, just when I get in front of the camera, like while I'm being arrested, I just wanted to see how far we would get. All we wanted to do was take a picture on the state house steps, but we got arrested walking towards the state house. They got into the state house and into the governor's office. I just wanted to do it to say that, you know, if I wasn't in the military, I probably would have done it if I didn't have anything to lose.
3: Yeah. You know, <laughs> if so
0: I, you know, so I was working a low-wage job shit. somewhere, I'd be like, you know what, why not? I don't have anything to lose. And uh, I think that's been different about me these, this year. Um, this is crazy. I, I'm 2020 normally, has been a crazy year. I'm normally the it's advocate it's just... for nonviolence. Like I'm yeah. normally on the MLK side Like we need to talk this out. Let's Please hold on.
1: Let me touch that MLK thing real quick. A lot of people, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, mm-hmm. please feel free to continue on. MLK was not... A lot of um, these people like to bring up MLK when it comes to civil rights era, saying like, oh, let's use him for peace, blah, 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 blah. Honestly speaking, do you really think MLK is the reason why desegregation happened? Or do we think it was the Black Panthers, Malcolm X, Angela
0: Davis's? I really... It, so it was a combination of factors. Violence in itself is not the answer, because violence just begets violence, we're going to have war... I'm not saying we're going to have a war, obviously, but bullets can be shared on both sides. They can be flung both ways. But what really was what brought about the change was, once again, follow the money. When you realize you can no longer keep your money, power, and prosperity being this way, then people were forced to change. When it got to the point where the protests were every other week, if not every week, when it got to the point where the looting and the rioting was common, when the Montgomery bus boycott happened and major money was being taken out of major players' Mm -hmm. pockets, war if you're going to wage it has to be in several different arenas Mm -hmm. and martin luther king jr waged in a different arena he didn't say start shooting because then we're all going to get mowed down and nobody wants to come out of the house and get mowed down which would have weakened the protest he said let's be nonviolent," and he was intelligent about it and said but we in our solidarity are going to control economic means as well we will stand on bridges we will black people will sit in whites only shops come what may happen. And if the police have to come in and pull us out of the shop, they do. But they're not going to, they're not taking us out of there without a fight, without trashing the place. And eventually, everyone finds like, okay, we cannot continue to live like this. We cannot continue to live like this. And so people had to acquiesce. Um, so I think if there's going to be violence, quote unquote, you know, air quotes, um, it has to put, it has to apply pressure. That's the thing. So I'm, I'm normally the advocate for nonviolence, and I am. But I'm an advocate now for applying pressure. And if it has to come through, down the sights of a gun, uh, that's very unfortunate. But I was talking with Victoria about this today. I'm tired of these, quote unquote, very fine people going home to go to sleep in their bed at night. You know, George Floyd was uh, not George Floyd. I'm sorry. Floyd. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Zimmerman. The, or, not Zimmerman. No, oh. <laughs> the officer. What was the guy's name? Derek? I honestly don't know. Derek, what? Derek or something like that. We don't name yeah. him, but yeah Officer whatever. Officer Knee <laughs> officer Neck Boy was literally in his bed asleep with cops surrounding his house and a riot going on outside. And they were protecting him. They're protecting him. He was literally in his bed asleep. When you get to the point where it's like, okay, if you stand in front of that man's house right now who we believe killed somebody and who we believe justice is not going to be carried out, you're going to die. He's going to die. And if you put your child out in front of you to protect you from bullets thinking we're not going to shoot, your child's also going to die. Mm -hmm. Okay, now pressure is applied. Now it's like, okay, well, we need to do something because Mm -hmm. at this point we cannot live, we literally cannot live like this. We will die. Do you believe in it enough to die for it? And so I think that I'm kind of coming around to that point. Obviously, I'm not inciting violence. I'm not going to go out and buy an AR and point my gun sights at somebody and say, Civil War 2.0, let Let's follow me. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I am not, if I turn on the TV, like I'm not condemning the looters. I'm not going to, if I turn on the TV and see that people who are walking at a Ku Klux Klan rally got gunned down, men, women, and children included, I'm not going to lament over their death. I'm not. I'd be like, you know what? Finally, it's about time people started paying for this ideology.
1: Absolutely. And and I would love, and I really, I, I like what you said. Black people, we really need to know that our dollar is very valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, we create the trends. We create what these people are selling. We're the ones that hype it up and people want to go buy it. But I do think the issue now is there's a difference between the the past generations and now. I don't really know where the disconnect is, but it's just like people nowadays, I'm not going to generalize say everyone, but people aren't willing to die for it. Not everyone takes things seriously. We we need to come to a, a, a time where we stand as, um, what, what solidarity. Is, thank you. <laughs> and and we need to become one. Mm-hmm. We cannot be divided. We, we need to, you know, I, I really feel like if, if we even wanted to be like, if there was to even be a revolution, we're all going to die. I'm, I'm being honest. Because there's, we're not, some people, some black people are like, well, it's not in my city. It didn't happen to me. I'm good. And then there's some people that are really angered about it and want to do something about it. But it's just like, back then, and I'm sure there were certain people back then, they were just like, I'm I, this doesn't affect me. I don't want anything to do with this. But, I mean, look at the majority. Majority of them, they they did that. They boycotted. We can't even, we couldn't even boycott Gucci when they did that, that blackface shit. You remember when they had the, the, the sweaters? Fish, yeah. We can't even boycott. Well, um, what, what else was it? H&M? We can't even do that.
0: So again, I think this goes back to the conversation we had a little earlier about it moving from overt to covert. In the, It's easy to say we're all going to boycott the buses when it's the 50s and the 60s, and they're boycotting you being on there anyway. Everyone has had to sit on the back of the bus. It's a little bit harder when we have a, a taste a smaller taste of money, power, prosperity ourselves to say you're gonna sacrifice that. Because I moved from being poor to solidly middle class. And I'm sure that there's some other African American out there, some other black man that's like, dude, like just make your money live and die. Yeah. Just make your money live and die. Cause it would cost a lot. It's easy to sit here and say violence. It's easy to sit here and say apply pressure. It's easy to sit here and say solidarity when it costs you nothing. But when you lose your cush white collar job that previously was not available to us. You know, like I said earlier, if I was working a low-wage job, I would have gone to the state house, but I'm not.
1: Yeah, because now we got things to lose. Now, now. you have something yeah. to lose.
0: So it's a whole lot harder to convince people to stay together and to do this kind of thing because the costs now are so great. Now it's not... Then you didn't have anything anyway. You were disenfranchised actively. You're working a low-wage job. Not to you didn't lose. own any property. Whatever. We're going out and boycott the buses. Yeah. Who cares? You now, you're buying on? a house with your white-collar job and your six-figure salary, and it's like,
3: ooh, yeah, sorry, boss. I'm going to have to sit this way. Yeah, you know. I understand. Let me just um thought about this thing. Like today, I was watching a video. Right, it was uh this white man um with a saxophone, mm-hmm. and he was um, and this is also like you probably would think about so many examples that you've seen before. Um, he was playing like uh this Nigerian music, uh, for this uh I think a Nigerian graduate, and then he just went viral, and everybody was like. Oh my God, this is beautiful, blah blah blah, and then in my mind I was like, if he was an African or even a black person, do you think would went wouldn't he like would that probably just be like oh this is just you know it's just you know regular do you understand what I'm saying or even like let's take this as an example like uh, you know we would like be at a party and then a white person would come and then he would like do all kinds of stuff and it'd be just like. Like, if we haven't seen shit like that before, we're just, like, so happy that he's doing it. Or he can do, like, let's say, a shaku-shaku or like yeah, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're excited. Like, he's, like... It's like he hasn't done... Like, nobody... He hasn't... He's done something that nobody has done in this world before. I feel like and then, to me, I feel like we made ourselves so inferior, like, to these people. It's like, you know, whatever they do, it's like... It's,
1: we want our culture to be I'm accepted saying? so badly by them sometimes. I feel like... Yeah, I feel like sometimes it's like uh, let me, I don't know if I if I word I mean, that properly. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That I don't know if sense. I word that properly, but I feel like we really need to stop looking for white acceptance.
3: Exactly. And yes. I do
1: feel, no, honestly speaking, I feel like African Americans have gotten to that point. Africans have not. African Americans have gotten to the mm-hmm. point where their culture is their culture. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna fuck with my culture. If you do, I'm gonna call you out. We're gonna, I mean let's not talk about cancel culture. Africans it's not like that. If we see Africans, if we see a white person doing the bare minimum, we will throw a party for them. Mm -hmm. Literally. Like, we Africans, we're still stuck in, like, our colonialism mindset. I don't know when we're going to get out of that, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. But we, Africans specifically, we look for white acceptance. Until a white person's stamp of approval is on it, we don't feel like we have succeeded we don't feel like we have moved forward. Or if we're not up there with a white person, we don't feel like we have. And I'm I'm not, again, I'm not generalizing. I'm not saying this is all Africans. And I do feel like our generation is moving forward from that. But now, especially if you even go back home, that's literally what it's like. So I think that's, to answer your question, I think that's where that comes from. But um, just to wrap this up, or does anybody else have anything they want to... so, I know we don't all have a solution, but you know, what do you think or how do you think we can move forward from this? Because I don't know about you guys. I when I because of everything that is going on in this country, um, when I have kids, I don't want to raise them in America because I don't have the heart to have that conversation with my kids you know at such a tender age that they need to do this if they are approached by police or if someone calls them the n-word or I just and maybe I'm speaking from a, a privilege standpoint because not everyone has access to those um things to be able to get passports and have enough money to send their kids abroad that definitely I do acknowledge my privilege with that but it's it's scary like I don't I don't. I can't envision myself speaking to my daughter or my son about how to deal with racism because I never had those conversations. I never was taught that, so I don't even know how to even talk about that. And maybe that's something I need to learn moving forward, um, especially in the field that I, I'm going into with my career. Maybe that's something that I need to learn. But like, um, what do you guys think? Like, how do you plan on moving forward, or and what do you think as a race that we need to do? to move forward from this?
2: I think part of the solution is really calling out your white neighbors, white friends, white family members, because unfortunately we are still not in many of the positions of power that continue to oppress us, but our white friends, neighbors, family members, they are. And where unfortunately we cannot reach, they can. Mm. Someone has to be at the table saying this is not right if we're not allowed at that table yet. So I think that's also a really important part. Unfortunately, that's just the reality. But not letting stuff slide when you see it, calling people out, telling people that they should be calling other people out, I think is really important personally.
0: Um, I think that we as a people as a whole, again, in conjunction with people like Victoria said, we can't reach where some people can. But we as a whole need to advocate for policies that put forth equity, so equitable policies. I also think we need to advocate for, again, applied pressure in situations. We need to advocate for policies that hold people overtly accountable for what it is to do. No more of this paid leave crap while we, you know, investigate, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay? You are caught on video doing this stuff. If any other man who was not in uniform was caught on video doing that, the first thing we would do is go lock you up.
1: Absolutely. That's the
0: first thing we would do. And then we're going to investigate. But at a minimum, you're going to go to jail that night mm-hmm. before you go to federal prison. Not you know, sleep people, while not police are protecting your house. You're your not house. going home and going to Walmart and Kroger and making yourself a cheese, egg, and bacon omelet. <laughs> you hungry? Okay, no, I'm not. I just had some really <laughs> great macaroni and cheese. <laughs> some really good barbecue chicken. I don't know who cooked it, but um, it was really good. Anyhow, yeah, totally wasn't you. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, uh, applied pressure, I think is the situation. Equitable policies and uh, open accountability, that applied pressure, I think, will start to move in the right direction along with what Victoria said, personal accountability. Hey, why do you think that? Why is that funny? No, I, I don't understand what you mean by that joke. W- could you explain?
3: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Start
0: weeding it out individually.
3: See, me I feel like this thing should just keep going. We should, we should just keep continuing like putting pressure on them, like making them like know that we are serious about this thing like it should probably just be the whole entire like united states instead of just in minnesota or wherever it is like we should just all like just you know just you know keep going with this thing Like just keep putting pressure on them so they understand that this thing is like not a joke like we are serious about it we need like to me i feel like they just feel so entitled like they can do whatever they want and to me like when this keeps going on, they're just gonna keep feeling more entitled and they feel like they can do whatever they want and get away with it. You know what I'm saying? And -hmm. it's just something that we need to really, like, work on and, like, just keep putting pressure on them, like uh, Trevor said, because it's very important. And that's the only way, you know, things can change. If not, then we're just gonna keep protesting and everybody's just gonna forget about it, you know, in the next couple of days and, just gonna happen again. It's just gonna come back. It's just gonna be coming back to square one, and just same thing till we fucking die. I'm just saying, they're just gonna keep killing us. Cause I mean, imagine if that was your husband or your, you know, your family. Like, how would you feel? You know what I'm saying? This is it's very sad. I'm saying, like, now you can't even feel safe for me no more. Like, imagine, like, you know, me going to the grocery store or something like that, and I buy like a TV or something expensive. And then I get mowed down, like, you know, like, or get tackled down, like, get choked because he doesn't think that a black man can buy something like that. Or I'm driving, like, a mm-hmm. Maserati. He thinks I stole that shit because he don't think um, I'm a, I can, you know, afford something like that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, all these things, man, like, if you think about it, it's just very, it's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy and something has to be done. That's all I got to say.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for, I know this was really heavy conversation. Um, I really do appreciate you guys for coming and having this conversation with me. Um, I'm wishing you guys all, you know, peace, love, happiness, and just, everyone just stay safe out there. You know. Keep praying for America. Keep oh, your family safe. And,
3: uh, hard times like yeah, bad chips like yeah. Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie, you fucked up. But if God got us, then we gon' be alright. Right, right. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright.